respecter. As Obi-Wan would say, Q. <laughs> now I'm lost. What are you going for? <laughs> I just thought you were going to say, may the force be with you. Uh, like, what does Obi-Wan say? He says hello there, but we're leaving, so why would I say that? <laughs> we would be honored if you would join us. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Mostly Star Wars. We are back to discuss the latest episode of Andor. I'm joined by my regular trio of hosts. We have above me, there's Crazy Quentin. Hello there. And beside me... Nope, that way. <laughs> we got Josiah. Hello there. All right. Well, thanks for everyone for joining us. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, podcast or the video uh and you're just listening for the first time on the podcast later we do do these live on youtube and so if you want to join in the discussion you can there as well uh but let's get into it guys uh what did you guys think about the latest episode of andor here oh man i i was really enjoying this episode i i think now that we kind of have like the pace of you know how the show's going and everything there is a lot of questions answered there's a lot of things w i was wondering if it was going to happen or not in this season yet that already kind of started coming to fulfillment and um i i i think uh, the article um there's an article by the ringer and they just said it's finale prep and like i totally agree i think that this is definitely this episode is definitely just wetting our appetites for the finale and i yeah i, I loved every minute of it you i mean obviously i've i've loved every episode of this show and this one was was fantastic um like josiah said setting up for that for that next episode for everything to come clashing together at the end is is fantastic and i just can't wait wednesday can't come soon enough i'm so excited but i'm also i'm also i i i don't want to say i'm disappointed because i'm not i just really wish that there was more <laughs> like not that i don't know that I'm, I'm 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 not at all disappointed with what we've got, gotten i just really want more i want more and more and more it's been so yeah. good so i just want to say uh hello rebelica uh in the chat there how's it going hey. it's nice to see you again yeah good to see you uh, <laughs> yeah the, this is almost a like you said a setup for the finale but it's like <laughs> It's it's interesting because even though you know that like you kind kind of figured that not much was going to happen in this episode, mm -hmm. and but it but a lot does, but it's all very somber. It's yeah. all. It's like okay, we're setting it up, and we got this. Your your heart's beating for the anticipation, but it's also like sad at the same time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, basically. Uh, what Rebelica just said, uh, B's reaction to Marva passing was heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing that really got me, too. I actually 
Uh, if you didn't see Rebecca, I did make a video on that earlier in the week. Uh, go ahead and check that out too. But I, from, yeah, from the start, the the first episode, first second episode, I was like, I loved B two as a character. The, the, just his little the way he acts and, and the way he talks and the little, you know, imperfections that he has made him so believable as a character and man it was it was rough when hearing him say i don't want to be alone i want to be with marva yeah oh man that was that was heartbreaking so heartbreaking mm -hmm. and i think just like the loneliness like is already starting to sink in too because then he also wants to not he he wants to be with him too you know like he he wants to stay in the home you know that has that connection to marva obviously but he still doesn't mm -hmm. want to be by himself and like asking him to spend the night oh man like that too is just like you know i don't know like i can't remember somebody was saying like that it was kind of corny right somebody in on twitter or something like that and uh <laughs> q was what did you say you're just like if, if that's corny you don't have a heart you know yeah. but it's it's just like it's totally true like if you can go through this show and not you know it not like wreck you <clears throat> you know when b is having like this realization you know what happens and you know what's moving forward and everything that he's going through it's like yeah like oh man like i i don't know someone who could watch that and not it not just feel wrecked inside for for the poor guy because we've got yeah. to see him in, in the flashbacks too right so we've seen him for a long long time and so, like all of that, you know, up until this moment, yeah, that's just that. It, that was such a sad moment. And I think that's one of the things that has made the show so good is because maybe in in a different show, you wouldn't really care that much or feel that way about a droid, but mm -hmm. you almost feel that way about all these characters because the show has had a longer runtime. Almost mm -hmm. every episode is almost fifty minutes or close to it, and mm -hmm. so we and. and it's slow and everyone complained about it being slow at the beginning, but <clears throat> mm -hmm. I think that slowness actually allows us to spend time with these characters and get attached, which yeah. is really going to be heartbreaking because probably everyone's going to die in, in either the end here. I guarantee, I almost guarantee that some characters are going to die in this next episode. And I can see like possibly Bix most and, of them also. And most of them like probably Russell. aren't going to survive season two. Mm hmm. Because. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, since we're, we're talking about B2's uh, reaction and Tyler's video kind of made me think about this and I kind of want to talk about it. When you guys think of the possibility that these, these emotions from these droids either potentially being like, maybe there's, there's multiple types of, of droids in the galaxy. You have droids like this who have these emotions who are more who are more uh i don't want to say human but like sentient and and have their thoughts and then there's more like just programmed machines like like b1 battle droids that are just a program doing what it's programmed to do or is mm -hmm. it potentially that you get these kind of emotions out of droids who have been who are very old you know it's it's very possible yeah. that that b here is 30 40 50 years old at this point yeah, and we know R two was is an old astromech droid when he's all of his character. And you yeah. think you think of C three PO in Rise of Skywalker at the end when he's like, "I'm taking one last look at all my friends." Mm -hmm. and, and exactly. He turns, around, he turns around and looks at them, but 
for me as a viewer, I feel like he's not just looking at them. He's also searching his memories of mm-hmm. all of his friends. And so he's not just looking at the group that's there, but everyone. And so I kind of, yeah. yeah, like exactly what you're saying. Uh, I, I do think there is a difference because uh, we can look at like L3 in Solo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, very personable, very sentient in her thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, I think that that does. Yeah, I think that does have, you know, a, a bearing on it, like how how old they are and then what their life was like. You know, like if they were created and they always did one thing, they had no human interaction, you know, it might be a little different. But for these ones that were spent really close time with humans for an extended period of time, and then obviously with humans who cared for the droids and and saw them as something more than just machines, I think that, you know, they're basically they they they're becoming more and more sentient based on the way that they're treated treated and like the interaction that they're having. And I think that's why Star Wars is so good, because they don't they don't have androids where, you know, they, they basically look like humans, but you know, they're robots so much, you know, like they, mm-hmm. they look 100% like a machine, but then they, they, they're starting, you, you know, or there's so many that have these human like emotions. And so I think that's why like these droids, like really draw you in because you don't initially look at them and say like, Oh, I care about this thing. But then as you start to see their interactions with their humans, you know, that, that, that they, obviously are growing attached to and vice versa then it's like so it's kind of like a slow burn just like the show really like you slowly get to see what their personality is and then you actually care for them as something and not just a machine so uh Rebelica says from the eu books the extended universe droids memories were wiped frequently and droids who weren't like r2 develop more personality and that just ah. that just seems yeah, that, that just kind of goes along with what you're saying, mm-hmm. uh, because yeah, basically, the longer you're alive, the more, the more the droid has the ability to to begin to think for itself, and grow mm-hmm. emotions and everything, and so yeah, and, and then uh, Cammy waves. Yeah, hey Cammy, thanks for jumping in. Good to see you as always. And yeah, so. I just, the emotions you get out of B2, and it's almost like he's the audience's viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And and so for everything, and so that, that's kind of, we're looking at through it through his eyes, and he's sad about everything. And, and kind of like you said, I have seen people mentioning that this is one of the first times that uh, a character has really shown compassion towards the droid. Mm-hmm. And because Brasso, he's like, come on, B, let's go, let's go. And he's like, you want to stay? Let, can mm-hmm. we stay? And so he literally sleeps over at Marva's place for yeah. the droid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love that scene because he's like, let's go. And B's like, I'm charging. And yeah. says, you've been, you've been on that thing all day. And then as soon as, as, soon as Brasso agrees to stay, you know, B2 gets happy and he speeds off of his charger and he, and he goes yeah. to, to sit next to Brasso. Like, he didn't need the charger. That's just, that was his excuse to not leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that was that was such a touching scene. Mm-hmm. So then... I wonder uh, if there's, there's the theories of, of B2, B2's memory possibly be becoming K2. 
and I kind of now more and more I, I I wasn't like loving that at first idea, but now more and more I'm kind of like if this is how we get B two to stay alive is to become K two, I'm kind of okay with that. Now. You mean until Rogue One? <laughs> oh yeah, because I mean that's all these. That's yeah, he he does his job. Man, that would be that'd be crazy. And yeah, I, it, I, I I'm fine with that. I was thinking about like because I was thinking like, well, the voice is different, and I'm like, well, it's not like really different it's actually kind of close i feel like it's kind of similar and you could just chalk that up to the the voice regulator of the of the droid being being different you know or or simply put yeah he's a newer droid with full power and yeah capability mm-hmm. i mean b we know b2 is an older droid obviously and and because we saw in the flashbacks that he when he talked he didn't stutter Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So while he's true. older, and now he, now he's got the little stutter, and and he's and we and we learned that he always is running low on battery. He always seems to be on his charger. Mm-hmm. It is like I now that I'm like if you really think about in some of like their interactions, um, because you know K two sometimes even goes directly against what what Andor is saying. You know, like mm-hmm. in Rogue One and stuff, and. But then when you think about it, it's always like for the hit, like Cassian's good, you know? And like, so then if you really start this, like, yeah, I could, I could see that if, you know, now that she, like, she, you know, B2 knows him obviously better than anyone. So yeah, yeah, I could see that. That would be pretty cool. I could definitely see him taking B2 as that's kind of like, that's his last connection to Marva and and Cassian is B2's last connection to Marva, like they both have that connection of somebody that they cared for, and I could see them wanting to be together. Obviously, B two cares for Cassian. He was, he didn't want him to go. He was like free. He was yelling at Cassian when he left at first. Yeah. Like, no, so it, stay. The other thing to think about now is now just thinking about this going going down this lane, right? They've already introduced us, you know, to that droid type, and they use they have been using them as enforcers. So mm-hmm. what could happen is, yeah, the, you know, the Empire uses these, you know, droids as enforcers. And one of them is, is you know, somehow like taken offline. And then also B2 is injured at the same time. And that connection could happen. So, yeah. 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 I, I totally I, I like expected to, to see the scene where Cassian gets meets k2 i'm expecting mm-hmm. either probably next season because we didn't get it this season which i totally understand with how this season's gone but i still mm-hmm. do want to see that moment like obviously he's a, a very important character in rogue one mm-hmm. see i think i i get what you're getting at but i'm almost like i almost feel like they're setting up for it to be a super tragic b2 is gonna do something to save oh, cassian yeah. in I the finale Oh mm-hmm. man, Oof. and yeah, if B two sacrifices himself to save Cassian, yeah, I don't like way. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, think I like good, that good writing in a... like the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It... yeah. When a robot dies to save a character, and it and you're already like you're just just thinking about it, you don't want it to happen. Like that's <laughs> that's mm-hmm. good think... character development. <laughs> in fact, I actually think that this is now going to happen. Now thinking about it, because. In like almost every arc, mm-hmm. what has been the theme of how to get out, climb, 
climb. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they're like foreshadowing it in a way because those are the same words that K2SO says to him before in Rogue One is to climb. That's Mm -hmm. their way out. Mm -hmm. And so if they're almost setting it up for, for B2 to sacrifice himself in the, in the last episode, because it's, yeah, it just, it would make sense. And, uh, yeah, Rebecca says she can see him sacrificing himself. Yeah. And, uh, but, but, but I but mean, maybe, maybe Josiah was right in the fact that he does that. He sacrifices himself. But his his memory core is still there. You can still salvage right. that his his memories and his personality, and mm-hmm. and and recover that. Even though he did the heroic thing of sacrificing himself, he could still mm-hmm. live on as K two. Yeah, I mean, this because is... I feel I feel like there's also, as far as sacrificing goes, we also I mean this whole episode you know, like is kind of playing into it too. But like we also have Bix which we've been getting to know a little bit more, a little bit more about and the relationship that she has with Cassian, you know, so that is also, you know, a, a very prime person for a sacrifice on Ferrix. And then we also have Brasso. So mm-hmm. like that, like that's I another prime dies next episode. Yeah. Another prime character. And like, yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of people could die. Um, but yeah, if, it, if they're going to like single it out to a few, then yeah i mean oh man I, yeah i i would hope that it'd be more like in the battle b2 gets injured and then somehow is salvaged but oh hey i have to do some shout outs in the chat real <laughs> shady unicorn uh says hey hey hope everyone is well thank you so much thank uh, you we are having a great time talking andor and rudigs uh hey i finally am catching an episode Melissa martinez just subbed I can't believe I never seen this show before. Now I won't miss it again. Oh man, you're the best man. Uh, thanks for jumping in and all the support. Yeah. And well, this whole episode almost felt like, uh, sorry to get <laughs> distracted from the chat there. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Uh, so, but this whole episode kind of felt like the beginning of like an Avengers movie. Where, where everything is gathering and hitting perfectly because we're, we're, we know what we're getting in the finale is like every character we've seen doing different things and being different places, they're mm-hmm. all going to be on Ferrix for this last episode. We know that. Yeah. And so. Well, yeah, every, we're going to have. Who's going to be at Ferrix? We're going to have Cinta. We're going to have. Um, Fel, Deidre, uh, Luthen. Fel, Deidre, mm-hmm. Luthen. Um, C- Cyril's uh, going. Cyril. Yeah, Cyril's I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if Sergeant oh, Linus Mosk yes. joins Cyril on, on Ferrix. Yeah, he's um, got to be there. B2, Brasso, Bix. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be pretty much everyone that we've been introduced to recently. Mm-hmm. Possibly also- even Melshi. I could see him. I could see him not being there, but possibly. Yeah, didn't, about, it feel like he, he Yeah, they talked about leaving, so I don't know if he'll be necessarily in it. But again, like just about everyone else is like all these different storylines that we've been following are all gathering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are are going to gather on Ferrix for the last episode. I've also read yeah. that the 
episode is 55 minutes long, I believe, before oh, credits. Oh, okay. what? It's like That's one of the longest nice. one of the longest finales of, of any Disney Plus show. Okay, so here's I a mean, question. Good. Speculation though. Are we gonna see somebody for the first time in this episode? Are we gonna see a new character, do you think? Yeah, you, you can see some s- some setup for like season two. Something. I don't know why, but I just I have a feeling that so- someone's gonna show up in this episode. That we're gonna be like, oh my goodness, you know, like I don't know why. I just have this feeling. I I don't know what it is. There's there's a a ripple in the force that's telling me that there's going to be somebody. Like like, I guess, or just you just think somebody important is going to show up. Yeah, I don't know. Like the the only ones that keep coming to my head are like way too big. But I mean, Yalaren showed up, so I mean, yeah. Like right now, who knows? Like who? But. There, there's a lot of big players that are all are in action and movement right now that we haven't seen or talked about. So I don't know why, but I just have a feeling they're gonna they're gonna drop us with something big on the finale. I, yeah, I mean, I'm it could, sure it could be. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll get. I don't, I don't, I don't think we'll I don't get think Saw's we people there. I don't think we'll see the partisans there. So. Yeah, that that yeah. one was interesting to I'm me because there was a huge moment. There was a huge moment in their discussion <laughs> in this episode. And oh, their so discussion I, was intense, and I yeah. loved it. <laughs> and uh, so I just want to say real quick, uh, Rebecca says she loves Cyril's mother, and <laughs> oh. yes, yeah, she's hilarious. I love when she she's like, like she's, she's turning snoopy. up and down the static, or when yeah. he's like on. <laughs> <laughs> she's like changing like whatever the you know the wavelength or whatever it is the radio so like he can't he can't hear very well like oh man that was so good too and then he doesn't even notice and then she just like leaves <laughs> well yeah she she's is, just she is like and... the worst but also a fantastic character like totally <laughs> believable that that's that's Cyril's mo- that explains a lot about Cyril <laughs> <laughs> yeah big time uh <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, she's a fun character. Always serving him cereal and berating him at the at the breakfast table or dinner table, whatever they're eating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like, I thought it was so funny that he's literally like waits for her to leave, and is hiding so that he can gather all his things and sneak out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gonna sneak out of his mom's house. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. In his thirties or plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's oh, how much that's how much control she has. And he's just like, I gotta get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he's a fun character. That will be mm-hmm. interesting too, because if he's gonna be at Ferrix as well, he recognizes he said he could recognize Luthen's voice. So yeah. is he going to be like, is he going to be able to convince Deidre of like, hey, I can help you. And that's him. Mm-hmm. I, I I really hope not. I really hope Luthen continues into the second season at least. But I could. See oh, yeah, him. he's got to. He, I could see him. Sacrificing himself or doing something. Where he. Gets I think I still think he thinks he's too important to sacrifice himself. Like he's too much in 
in, in control of, I don't, of so I many don't different organizations. I don't necessarily mean sacrifice himself, but I mean get. I just mean get killed or or get captured. Get captured. If he gets captured and they use that torture on him and he spills all of his guts, he's have he, he's got way too much. Like they would know if if they tortured him, they would know about Mon Mothma. Yeah, and obviously they don't know about Mon Mothma. They know, mm-hmm. they don't learn about her, so. I could see him getting killed. I, I don't really see him getting captured. Because if they capture him, I they're just, not just going to throw him in prison. They're going to, they would interrogate him for all he knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't necessarily think it would be all the waste because we already know that basically Clea knows everything else as well. She yeah. pretty much knows everything. Yeah, she could keep things going, I guess. Mm-hmm. But we also but, get the scene. Uh, where they the guy threatens to interrogate Bix again when he asks yeah. if um, what's his name a separatist Krieger Krieger if Krieger is the buyer and you don't hear her give an answer you hear her kind of whimper yeah. and mm-hmm. if and she could possibly cuts. if she could possibly convincingly tell them that yes that's the buyer and kind of throw them off of Luthen's scent because they yeah. don't they obviously they don't show what she, her response. Obviously, mm-hmm. so they want you to be thinking about what she said, right? Mm-hmm. And that, if, if, yeah. if she just said no, they probably would have showed it. And right? then, yeah, obviously, as we move forward, you know, who knows what's going to happen on, um, <clears throat> on you know, moving forward with like Saw and everything like that. But they kind of mm-hmm. left it off that they weren't going to do anything. So now, if she did, for instance, say yes, that is the buyer. And then, you know, they he attack, he gets house. killed. They're like, oh, well, you know, it's we, over. We, we, we tied up guy. our, yeah, we tied up that loose string and Ferrex that connected all of these other attacks. So then they think that they're safe once again. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll think that Axis is gone and, and we'll kind of go back to resting on the laurels again. And so, mm-hmm. uh, Rebellica says, yeah, I hope she was trying to do that. She seems nonverbal right now. Yeah, she doesn't really mm-hmm. seem like she wants to talk much. Yeah, she looked... Well, she could barely she walk looked, still. She looked rough, yeah. And it was just what like, leave her alone. Right? Uh, yeah. But kind of kind of going to your point, resting on their laurels, that gets us to uh, the Luthen and Saw interaction. Oh, man. And basically, okay, I didn't see Saw changing his mind and saying, yeah, I'll help out. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. But then, mm-hmm. but then I, Luthen's got to be like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> I could see that, mm-hmm. but just because it's, it's, well, he might not want to work with Krieger. He always wants to hit the Empire. Right. And, and more forces are better at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of also, what Luthen's I, point was the fir- in the first conversation. Like, we need to put aside our differences if we're going to fight these guys for real. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. how uh, it, I just thought of it. Like, you guys are making fun of me for calling him Two Tubes the other day. That was actually his name. And then <laughs> yeah. he calls him Tubes in the show. <laughs> yeah, love that. I was like, ha! <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I love all... that too because. He he throws tubes under the bus like he's the, he's his inside guy and he's like yeah no I'm not yeah that was so amazing and then like even saw believed it like, yeah right but, away he's like it's just like saw trust no one and I love that shows... because as we know like that's his right hand man and even him it made him mm-hmm. think some someone yeah. just saying that's my guy 
that already made him think. And so you can already start to see the differences mm. when it comes to these different cells where Saw, he's more of a, I'm not going to risk it, so I'll kill you. <laughs> type yeah, person, so right? he's just, <laughs> at, at he's just, point, it just shows we've... how unhinged he is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how untrusting he is. Now go ahead with your point, Q. I was just saying, I don't know the exact timeline. At this point, has Jin already been left behind by Saw? I feel like she has. Yeah, I think so. Right? Because she, she was 16 yeah. when she when he left him. This was 15 mm -hmm. years after Order 66 and the creation of the Empire. So this must be, she must have been gone at this point already. Yeah. And I think, and it all starts coming into place, especially when you see this is when Saw is starting to get realistic about all these different actions where it's starting to get mm -hmm. more dangerous, right? Yeah. So I, I, it totally makes sense. By this time, she's already been put away and away from the front lines mm -hmm. of the fight. And you could, you could think maybe, maybe that was a person that he did trust. And he did trust Jin because that's kind of how the reaction you get later on. But he mm -hmm. knew that one thing he has to do is put that he had to put he had to put her somewhere safe, put her away from, even from his own men because she they would yeah. have used her against the empire, and that that probably hurt him. You know that that makes you trust less when you when you can't trust when you have to you know the person you do trust you have to put away and then he make makes him feel like he's a bad guy for doing it but he knows mm -hmm. he has to do bad things to beat the bad guys who are worse than him yeah and i think this is amazing actually too it just i just thought of it in my head and i gave myself goosebumps but i was just thinking the 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 situation is very similar to when jen comes back to saw in rogue one right and mm -hmm. his reaction to tubes, which obviously is very close to him, you know, he's he's seen him, he's been with him for years. You know, you would imagine he already he has some sort of faith and trust in him, respect for everything that he's done. And he was already kind of on the edge of thinking that he could be bad turning on him and, you know, wouldn't think twice about killing him right for the betrayal. But then mm -hmm. now you, you look at Rogue One. Remember when he thinks that you know jen might have you know betrayed him it like breaks his heart <laughs> you yeah, know like he words are like to kill yeah. me yeah, yeah like he's just like breaking up and just like no way like and so it go totally goes with your point that that probably is one of the only people in the galaxy mm -hmm. that he does trust like that and you know would damage him if he ever thought that they were to turn on him yeah and i just, I just love this this whole interaction between uh Forrest Whitaker and, and Stellan Skarsgård, like two incredible actors, man. This whole scene was like, who, how many times do you hear people talking about they love the parts in Star Wars where people talk? Yeah. <laughs> well, this show has really been, I could just listen to dialogue from this show always. So it's good. so good. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's so, because it's so well written, it's so impactful. And mm -hmm. it, you have to pay attention to everything that's said because it's, also important mm -hmm. yeah and and uh i was kind of trying to get to your point quentin about the uh empire resting on their laurels that's that's kind of what luthan wants and he's why they're selling uh krieger under the bus basically is for the fact <clears throat> that <clears throat> he's if the empire knows that they their info was right on Krieger and they kill him, they'll think, okay, we've got this all under control, everything's good. But if if they warn him 
and he doesn't go through with the attack, then they'll know that... They'll know it's a bigger problem. Yeah, they'll, they'll know, and they'll be exact... And I think it's funny that Luthen uses Saw's own paranoia and his own untrustingness to basically be like, hey, if we don't let them do this, then they're going to act like you are acting right now and not trust anyone and know that they have problems and be looking for the the person they'll be looking for Lonnie yeah and but if they sacrifice Krieger and his men they'll think they'll snuffed it out and and that especially if uh Bix gives up Krieger as access yeah uh kind of like as the buyer yeah if, if so if, if that happens then they're going to think that they've they've won they've beaten this little rebel Band of rebels yeah and they, yeah. they kind of snuffed it out and so well and I, I i totally love this scene i mean it makes sense that he he goes to saw because if he doesn't go to saw he'll saw probably just talk to krieger and and go forward with the mission but he has to tell saw has to not do the mission because if saw gets captured saw can link to, to luthan he knows mm-hmm. him and he's seen him whereas krieger doesn't have that that's why luthan can let him go because even if they capture him and torture him he doesn't know who luthan is whereas I love saw that line. does i love that line when he's like yeah i know him i've been in the room with him but he doesn't know that yeah, that was. <laughs> mm-hmm. That just goes, just goes to show Luthen's skill at at blending in and at hiding in plain sight. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing too at this one, I don't know if you guys like you know took this at all, but I I kept kind of feeling too, especially after the end of last episode. Now we know how like internally tortured Luthen is. I kind of felt like there was moments here where Luthen was like saw make this decision for me like i can't i can't be the one to say all like send all these 50 men to death like that's can't be my decision alone right like it was it was like he kept he was like kept saying like he was leading him to say you like agree with me or like i you know like it's not that bad or you know like some sort of like reassurance or something that this is the right thing like i felt like it was you know there definitely was the fear of him being caught out like or caught found out about but i felt like there was also like kind of like a deeper like a deeper feeling that luthan's like i need somebody else to like agree or say that this is the right thing and see this kind of reminds me of the video in the video i made like is luthan a former jedi is he, he does he have this conscience that like he said he's he's burned all of who he is and he knows he's destroyed himself his soul basically Mm-hmm. but he still doesn't want to yeah and and that's kind of what you see like he does like you said he doesn't necessarily want to send these people to die and and so saw says so we call it for the greater good and and luthan says call it what you want and then saw gets gets this awesome line it's let's call it war mm-hmm and it's like, oh yeah, but you you know that Luthen doesn't like goosebumps again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and so you know, Luthen doesn't want to give up those people, and he's like you said, he's even doubting it. He he's mm-hmm. basically I'm not he he says I'm not sure now, 
And that's why yeah. he's there talking to Saw, basically, yeah, have Saw make the decision. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, does he really make have Saw make the decision? I mean, he basically takes Saw to gunpoint to explain his point, to make Saw yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah. But I, I did mm-hmm. like that because he takes the gun and he's like, you know, you can't walk out of here. And yeah. he's like, I'm just doing this so you'll listen. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's like, I'm not threatening you. I'm just like, shut up for a minute and let me talk and explain it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm kind of, I'm not sure if we'll see Saw or them at all uh, in this next episode. I kind of feel like this is an ongoing storyline that will continue through season two. Yeah, yeah I, I kind I, of agree. Uh, yeah, that's what I was kind of mentioning earlier. I don't think we're going to see Saw and his group go to Ferrix. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's important enough for them. Right. If we do see them, I think it will be another thing like this where it'll just be like an off and it'll maybe be another building of something to come in season two. Yeah, speaking of like off screen things, we didn't really bring it up, but Marva passed away off screen. And that's a that was a really kind of bold and interesting move, I think, because obviously, you know, that is a character well beloved by everyone. And so I thought that was kind of interesting that they played that. So I kind of feel personally that we're going to get those moments in a flashback. Like from like B or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just I feel like that's such a huge moment that that, that was just kind of like glossed over. That it's like that's crazy if they're not going to give that any screen time because that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, you mean her death or yeah, her death. Yeah, you know, like maybe B two and Cassian talk about it the moment or mm-hmm. something, because in like what she said, and maybe it does a flashback. Mm. And sh- it shows her talking to him, saying yes. tell Cassian X Y Z. Because I was like, man, that's such a huge moment, and like I, I just can't imagine that that's all that we're gonna see of her. I could I could totally see something like that. I wouldn't even be surprised if like everything happens and then say Cassian escapes with with B2 and then he shows them the message and yeah. that's like the final scene of the episode. Yeah, maybe like her her giving him motivation to fight for the greater good. Yes, and and then that's like and that's the end of the episode that 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 just thinking about that gave me goosebumps <laughs> well, did you, it was so i think something that was kind of like very quickly glossed over but very important the um when he goes back to was it namos the planet the the tourist planet or yeah Yamos or something yeah. yeah when he he, he goes he sneaks into that <laughs> he sneaks into his his old room and he's you know, above the shower, he's got hidden. How uh, did you yeah. see what's in that case? Yeah, it was uh, Nimix credits, Nimix. credits, two mm-hmm. pistols, and Nimix manifesto. And he opens yeah. it and starts playing. So, and it was like at a, just at a random point. So, obviously, he had been listening to it, mm-hmm. and it was, it was important enough for him to keep it hidden with other stuff. So, yeah, I feel so, like I feel like that's a, a huge part of it too. So, Rebecca said that. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, she just said uh, she knew that uh, we all knew that uh, she was that Marvel was going to pass away, and you know, no Shaw did such a good job. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. she really did. 
And yeah, I love I, Marva's character. That was that was fantastic. She's a very and, strong mother, but also caring and Yeah, you have that, that very strong personality, but but obviously and obviously her, the community feels for her too. So obviously she was she was good to the community, right? Like she was a good yes. person. Mm-hmm. Yes, because everyone is sad and everyone was that like how many people were in in there caring when for she her. Was, yeah, when, and and you and also know like passed, yeah. and it's not even her, you'd know that uh uh Bix would have been in there and yeah. um as it Pac, was his name Pac? The uh Yeah, the guy who got killed or was gonna get killed. The yeah, you know you know that they would they those all of those people would have been in there as well if they could have mm-hmm. been. And yeah. Yeah, you, like you said, you can see the community because everyone's just staring. And I thought mm-hmm. it was really interesting because they describe it. Uh, I think they, I think the to Deidre, they describe the the Ferrix custom is that oh, you're basically yeah. turned into ash and made into a brick, so that mm-hmm. you can build be part of Ferrix. You'll be will build as part of the future. Be be built as part of Ferrix's future as well. That's what I felt like, yeah. but mm-hmm. I saw tons of memes of saying like, Mar Marva's gonna uh, her brick. She's gonna want thrown through an ISB window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What, and like like Rebelica mentioned, we knew she was gonna pass away, and that was pretty obvious because she was. Well, obviously, it's a, it's a important character to Cassian who who is again gonna have to die to, to get him to where he needs to be. But mm-hmm. and we knew she was sick, right? She people would keep checking on her. In the last episode, she was the doctors were saying that or saying that she won't take her pills, she's hidden her pills because her pills make her not want to eat, and she'd rather eat than than take her pills. So we knew she was sick and she was gonna die. I just didn't expect it to be off screen. I expected it to be like her doing something rebellious against the ISB there on Ferrix. And again, here they are subverting your expectations with how you're expecting these characters to, to die. We're like, we know it's going to happen, but we are all always been wrong about how it happens. And yeah. still, I think, I think, I think the off screen, you know, just somber, and even just if you quiet, know it, just, just quiet. And, you know, and she was, you know, the, the Imperials aren't, they're not, they know she's Cassian's mom. They were watching her, but they're not like, Oh, she was, she was a rebel, so you can't do we can't do your custom whether she's just gonna go get buried in a hole somewhere. But obviously, a big part of the community, and everybody's sad, and the way that just the the reaction the the reaction from B two is, mm-hmm. I think, almost more heartbreaking than, than if she was throwing rocks or, or shooting at stormtroopers and then she got shot back. Like, yeah, obviously that would have been sad, but not as bad as. I feel like this is almost more sad. I would mm-hmm. not be surprised to see some flashbacks here in this episode because they're gonna go down Rick's road too. That was another thing. Yeah. They're like they needed the the uh permit to do that. And and so I you know, because we kind of saw the, the flashback with his his father. Yeah. Clem. And so and I Definitely could see some similarities here and some flashbacks. This show has been really good at doing what George does, making it rhyme. A lot of the stuff you have seen patterns from from 
the show to other Star Wars content. Uh, we are just in this episode alone. It was almost like we got that emotion of Marva dying right at the start. And you got mm-hmm. that like gunt punch. Yeah, you were, then, you were in it from the beginning of this episode. And then mm-hmm. it kind of like the rest of the episode happens. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Cassian at the very end getting that same gut punch that we started the episode with. Mm-hmm. And so well, and you, all, you also get the gut punch in, in between with Mon Mothma uh, talking to uh, Val yes. and basically having to admit what, you know, the possibility is, is or what she was possibly considering thinking about and you know then you know so like she also has that and then has that weird kind of moment where the daughter's in like a like a a cultish situation from her home planet so like yeah the, all of that stuff's like real you know really kind of like each one is it's like each character is going through something internally that is super huge for their own personal story yeah, you know, I think the kind of glossed over the Mon Mothma part because it was really small in this episode, but I think it was it was important and it, it really it gave us more more information on on Lita and and what, what how she thinks and feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. interesting when you go there. Uh, before before we touch on that a little more, I kind of want to uh, notice chat, uh, Rebecca. One thing I noticed from the beginning was interesting brickwork on ferrix a lot of arches not a lot of metalwork or plastic uh, which is probably easier to produce in the star wars universe and she says she she builds a lot of houses in sims so she notices the architecture yeah yeah yeah, that's what kind of like you said uh like can support for the future so yeah when when someone dies they become they still are part of the community and they they build the foundation of supporting what the next generation yeah which is and going like what star yeah, wars is yeah the irony of what star wars is mm-hmm. and i think the other thing that you and you specifically mentioned it but the arches so archways obviously in architecture each each specific brick is very important you you can't lose one of them not one can be missing to, to complete that full arch and then obviously it all comes into the middle for the cornerstone which holds up the whole arc or arch, you know? So I think that that's Mm -hmm. really like, that is an interesting thing too, you know, whether or not they thought of that (laughs) with this whole story line or whatever with the bricks and stuff, but either way, if they did, like that is, that is outstanding because then it, it really shows that every single person story and their life is important to hold up the whole community. Yep. (laughs) And so uh, and then Kalani said that I, I wanted to do a reaction video for the episode, but she was glad uh, we didn't because uh, she didn't want to cry on camera because B <laughs> and his reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so well, let's get back to the, the Mon Mothma thing. Mm-hmm. It was a real interesting because just like we discussed last time, when Davo was like, that's the first lie you've told all day is that you aren't thinking about it. And we can mm-hmm. clearly see in this episode, she is definitely thinking, thinking about it. About it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's even making it harder on her because it looks like 
she's in that kind of marriage with Perrin, who, you know, it's kind of a dirtbag. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so she doesn't necessarily want to have her her daughter have to do the same things. However, we're noticing in this episode that the daughter is really into the history and the culture and, and the stuff. And so she might and want to culture. do that. So, yeah. And might want to do that. And it's almost like you can see Mon Mothma thinking about it. Maybe not necessarily. I mean, you know, necessarily wanting to, but, but being totally accepting it as, as the culture. Yes. And it's, it's interesting and, that she says that it's even stronger here than on Chandrila. Meaning maybe this is like something that they're they're trying to hold on to their Chandrilan culture even while they're not, you know, while they're far away from Chandrila. And yes, and it's something uh, it's something that like I said, my Mothma's been a part of and knows and doesn't necessarily want to make her daughter do. But you can see is it that her, the fact that her daughter is okay with the older traditions starting to make it maybe it's almost more a moral thing of like, is it making it easier? It, it definitely is making the choice easier to do, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make it any less hard for her to do morally. Yeah. Especially because she's not happy with her situation with the arranged marriage she was in. Yeah. Yeah. And Rebelica says the parent dislikes the culture cultish traditions even more than she does. Uh, Connie says, I thought, uh, I think she's talking about Lita. It looked like a little bit like she was doing it out of spite as well. Mm -hmm. I can kind of see that. What kind of teenager that doesn't like their mother doesn't do something their mother doesn't like? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. And I think, like, the other thing is, like, with a lot of these interactions especially with Mon, Mon and uh, Val. And then also even with Luthen and Saw, a lot of people are kind of saying like, basically they're telling, they're retelling us something we've already known, you know, as viewers. But I think there's a lot to be said in these because the, yes, these are specific things that we knew, but in not with these specific characters. And I think that it was amazing that we got to see these interactions with different characters because it gets to open, like they're able to open up a little more and in completely different ways. But Mon is way more comfortable talking about her whole situation with her cousin, you know, than she was with her her friend, you know, back home that was helping. So now we're getting to kind of see this situation, but in a more open way. And then I think it's the same with Luthen and Saw we we kind of already like knew what what Luthen is telling saw obviously but i think Luthen is being a lot more open and vulnerable with the situation than he was in you know when he was uh uh talking to the guy in the elevator you know so we're getting to Lonnie, yeah. we're getting Lonnie, yeah cuz he's more telling him in in a matter of fact way like you have to do it no matter what whereas saw he he straight up even says cuz saw's like you know, how do you know I'm not going to tell him? He's like, I don't know what you're going to do. So he's in a different situation. He's not telling Saw what to do because he knows he can't do that. So he's mm-hmm. more on on like a similar level. So it's yes, it is like information we kind of knew, 
um, but it's a completely different situation. And so I'm glad that we got to see those moments in a different light. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and yeah, what you're kind of getting here and it's kind of been building because we've been, they've all basically been talking in code when Luthen in the first few episodes, Luthen and Mon Mothma, they briefly say a couple sentences that isn't in code. Yeah. But mm -hmm. you're getting these interactions with, like you mentioned, Saw and Luthen and Mon Mothma and Vel. You're, mm -hmm. They're just clearly talking about it. They're just straight up. Yeah. Let's, let's, this is what's going on. And they're, they're plainly talking about it. And which is what, and then Vel does that to Clea. And Clea's mm -hmm. like, no, you are being bad. And she's still trying to talk in code. While uh, Vel is like basically just telling her, well, I'm going to go to Ferrix because the mom died. And so tell Luthen. And then you can see Clea, when they're talking to Luthen, they're literally talking about a business deal. When they're, yeah. when they're referring to the conversation he had with Saw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so they're talking in code. And so it's it's interesting to see when they're plainly talking versus in the code. Mm -hmm. uh, Rebellica says, sometimes kids take the opposite stance as their parents. There's an old song by a Canadian comedy, Daughters of Feminists, that talk about this phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, it's basically anytime you want to rebel, that, that's kind of, that's just what it is. I mean, it's kind of natural. Mm -hmm. Everyone goes through it as a teenager and everything. And so, yeah, it's very. She um, so. Re... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna read Rebecca's next comment. Vel annoys mm -hmm. me so much in this episode because she's very reckless. Yeah, uh, she is a little bit that, but that's kind of who she is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel like she's she's she doesn't know where she's supposed to be at this point. You know, she doesn't know what to do next. And that's yeah. kind of what I think. I feel like that's kind of what she's looking for is is. Is, is guidance as to what to do next for this rebellion. Yeah. And I think the other interesting thing <laughs> is she's also in a, a very interesting place because she hasn't told Mon everything about Luthen and then kind of vice versa, you know? So I think she's like in an interesting place. I don't think necessarily she'd hide anything, but we've definitely seen you know, Mon kind of be like, what the heck have you been doing with Luthen? And she doesn't say, oh, we've done this, this and this, you know, so I kind of feel like she's also between a rock and a hard place of, you know, like this is obviously her her family, her blood. But then obviously she has, <clears throat> a, a, you know, maybe not necessarily like a full on loyalty, but she has a very strong belief in what Luthen is doing and his way of doing stuff, which I think kind of coincides more with her style versus the way that Mon is doing things. So I think she kind of sides more with Luthen as far as like ideology of how to move forward. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I think she really obviously loves and respects Mon. So she's kind of like in that tough spot of, you know, like she wants to help both, but they're kind of at this point bumping heads on what's what's the next steps. If you think about it, too, Vel isn't married, right? So she obviously didn't get uh, get it put into an arranged marriage like she did, like Mon Mothma did. And then she, you, you can see that when she, she kind of freaks out when she goes, you're not taking proposals, are you? 
<laughs> like obviously she has a vastly different idea yeah. on that too and mm -hmm. and you could see that that were possibly possibly her and my mouth shared that opinion but my mouth probably went with it just because you know she was doing what she what she needed to do like what she was supposed to do and she feels she was that was her responsibility and vel you could see you could see her being a, li a bit more like no that's not that's not fair that's not what i want to do that's not right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's yeah and so we kind of that was those two interactions between saw and luthan and Mon Mothma and Vel, those are those basically are the last two things until we get back to Cassian at the end here. All right, there's, and, well, there's a couple there's a couple things I wanted to bring up right before that. Okay. Um one I wanted to bring up the conversation kind of talked about it a little bit, but the conversation between Cyril and Linus Mosk. Mm -hmm. As you can see, like like Cyril, you know, he's back to Coruscant. He's he's not living the upper up life, but he's comfortable. He's got a good job. He's got a comfortable place to sleep. And the, and you've got Linus Mosk who's as he describes it, life's been a little more rugged for me lately. And he's working in a mm -hmm. smelter on the night shift. Like, things have not gone great for him. Like, it's even gotten worse for him than than Cyril. Mm -hmm. And I kind of mm -hmm. feel bad for him. And I, I hope we get more of his character in the next episode, too. I want to see him meet up with, with Cyril. <laughs> yeah. Me on too. Barracks. And then I wanted to bring up the Oh, you can't skip this part. The awesome uh, escape by Luthen. Yes. <laughs> after he talks to Saw. And I mm -hmm. love the, um, it's, it's, you can call it an Easter egg. The, um, the Cantwell class arrestor cruiser is what it's called. And the, the Easter egg there is, um, is the Cantwell class. It was designed by Colin Cantwell. It was originally produced pitched to the design of what would become the Imperial Arrestor class directly to George Lucas for use in the 1977 movie Star Wars A New Hope. So that was he pitched that this design to <clears throat> George Lucas for A New Hope. And obviously they didn't they didn't go with it. And um I believe he's passed recently and so they they named this cruiser after him, called it the Cantwell class. Which That's I thought cool. was was kind of neat. And I thought it looked cool too. Yeah. Like, I did. Kind of like it was mm -hmm. it was unique. I thought it was was unique, new and cool, but also still kind of went with the design language of the Empire. You could see how it would yes. fit with other ships, and I thought that was really awesome. I agree, and, and I think everybody who loves Star Wars, you know, loves the <clears throat> ships, and I think they gave yep. us that fan service of doing that that you know that so well known Star Wars pan across like yeah. the bow of the ship, and I'm just like and at, oh. the, at the back of the engine and mm -hmm. like. It was great. I, I I thought they did a great. I'm, I'm glad they used the design because it, it feels, it feels you know, 1977 Star Wars, with but mm -hmm. by also being something we haven't necessarily seen before. With with all those dishes, it does look like something that would be like just patrolling, searching for, trying to listen into people's communications and stuff. And so yeah. that's why it seemed like it fit that it would be trying to pick up Luthen. And mm -hmm. I loved they they did the tractor beam, and I loved his, uh, he, the the way he destroys the tractor beam was mm -hmm. was so cool with just all the pieces. I don't even know if they were. I don't even think they were 
anything but just debris. It was like he was just launching Pretty debris much. into it. Well, well, because he noticed he asked his his <clears throat> the obviously the droid inside the the ship what strength the tractor beams at, and the droid goes, "It's class two. So what does he do? He floors it. They have to crank up the power of their tractor beam, and therefore, when he releases mm-hmm. the debris that's pulled into the tractor beam, even harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this scene where, when when he floors it, you can kind of see the bridge like shake. Like obviously that, mm-hmm. that little Fondor's got enough to, even though it's being held by the tractor beam, kind of shake the ship. Mm-hmm. And I only like obviously Luthen's got money from somewhere because this this craft that he is he has built for himself is awesome. All these little gadgets mm-hmm. and gizmos. Well, yeah, and... you know it's you know it's built. Uh, He's he's specked it out. It's customized. It's yeah, a it's a hot sure. rod like like George like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and Cat and Cassian even said it too. I think yep. the first time he went in, he was just like, "I've been in one of these. This is like not that, you know." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, and, and you kind of you get the feeling that Lufin <clears throat> wanted to shoot some ties, wanted to. Mm-hmm. You, he's he's getting a little angry that it's not working out necessarily like he's wanting to because he could have just like jumped to light speed right away as soon as he was outside but no mm-hmm. he auto cannons one of the ties down he flies right in front and i was thinking of it like why would he want them to see the ship so closely but it also made sense because the ties had passed him so if he was right in front of the uh ship then they wouldn't necessarily shoot at him right away because they would be could shoot their own ship. Shoot at their own ship. Yeah. And so that made sense tactically. But then, you know, he could have also they didn't shoot him. He could have flew right by him, but no, he gets out his his laser, <laughs> I don't know what you call them, the, the lightsaber cannons, and just be like, I know I'm about to escape and you can't even turn around that fast, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill you anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he pulls out yeah. like his his Darth Maul <clears throat> Sith lightsabers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they reminded me more of like the lasers from the gunships on from Attack of the Clones, but low altitude they, attack transport. Yeah, and but you know it still was pretty pretty awesome. It was like mm-hmm. oh, well they also uh, have the 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 tie the first tie that gets shot down. People confused it and were thinking it's a a tie bomber. That's not actually what it was. It's a it's a boarding craft. You yeah, see it, it, you actually see it in, at the end of Rogue One too, and it's it's because um, it doesn't have the little bomber chute hanging off of it. Yeah, it's but it's you, you can see that thought in the Imperial mind of you know we have this design, we can alter it very little to do these multiple different things, and that yeah. makes sense. You know when you're spending hundreds of billions of credits on on Imperial Navy, you know you want to be able to restructure pieces as much as possible especially when you're when you're not concerned with anyone else being able to technologically match you you don't need things designed specifically for little individual things if no one's going to be a technological threat to you mhm mhm well i just yeah. kind of w- wanted to touch on uh again how the ending was uh mm-hmm. with with cassie in there and you can you can see in his face that he's not okay, but when 
the way he says it, mm-hmm. I, I really it was just interest. It's really interesting writing because when when Melshi asks him, "Is everything okay?" He goes, "Yeah, everything okay." That's not what people would say. If someone mm-hmm. normally asks you, you'd be like, "Yeah, everything's fine," or "Yeah, everything is okay." You wouldn't say, "Yeah, everything okay." Like he was just like, he couldn't even think straight because he, he, his sentence was not yeah. how you would normally talk. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Everything okay. And then yeah, everything. And then okay. you get the same scene because he's reflecting on Marva dying. But mm-hmm. what is he doing? Looking out over the ocean. Yeah. The same song, and and you got the somber music. It's the same, almost the same as where when he dies in Rogue One, where he's with Jin and they're looking out over the ocean. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just it's just like, it's so much like poetry, like we've talked about, and how mm-hmm. everything rhymes, and it's why, I think that, we there are some things that could happen that I could easily see in this next episode because we know like this show claims that they weren't going to do fan service and they weren't going to do all this and this and, but well, they didn't do blatant fan service. I think what they did so much better. I think what they did is they wrote excellent stories and they've even said it. And then they put the star Wars stuff in there that you would know that would be in there that that Mm -hmm. should fit where it should. And, But it's also in the writing. The writing has fit Star Wars. Yeah. You know what I kind of thought, though, when I was seeing him, like, looking kind of, like, out at the horizon and stuff? Um, Once again, going back to that poetry, what we've seen even in the show and ties all the way to, like, what you were saying in Rogue One is I feel like each of these moments where he's gazing at the horizon is a big Mm -hmm. change in his life. So first, when he's a little boy, he's looking through the ship, right? And he sees yep. that horizon. And like that's what put his life on a different trajectory. The next time we see that is with Luthen. He's in Luthen's ship, looking almost exactly the same way through that window, you know, seeing the horizon, another big change. Then we get this other moment, you know, now where at, you know, like his life is completely different now because Marva's passed. And then once again, we see it all the way at the end, Rogue One. I feel like it's such an amazing like way to tell stories that every time we get Cassian staring out at the horizon, he's thinking, my life will never be the same. What am I going to do next? And we're all here for that. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's such a powerful way to end this episode. And, And you can feel that emotion and you know that set up for the last episode. You know the, the finale is going to be powerful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Whew. I think uh, we talked talked a lot about that episode. That was uh, real good. Uh, I think we pretty much covered it all. I know there's there's always more we missed, and we'll we'll get to. But I think that was an awesome episode, mm-hmm. and I think. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, Josiah, you want to tell us what you got going on? Yeah, for sure. Uh, first, I just want to give a big shout out to the chat. Once again, we always love when you're here. Um, it keeps it more lively for us. We love hearing your thoughts and opinions as we go along. And you always uh, are mentioning stuff maybe we haven't thought of and stuff. Um, but yeah, Rebellica, 
thank you so much uh, for being here. We always love to have you here. Um, Cammy, yeah, it was great to see you. Uh, Real Shady Unicorn earlier in Rue Digs. Uh, thanks so much for jumping in. And uh, uh, Kalani as well, always uh, our uh, resident artist. So yeah, thank you so much uh, for jumping in. But yeah, so me, so yeah, I uh, always on Twitter, uh, in the Twitter sphere, um, with everybody uh, jumping into different social media platforms, uh, I got onto the Mastodon and uh, Hive, and the, both of those are pretty fun. Uh, love checking those things out. Uh, Hive is kind of interesting. It uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's kind of like a, a mix, I would say, between uh, like Twitter and MySpace. And the reason why I say that is you can actually have a song. So when someone goes to your profile, it plays a song, you know, kind of like just back in the day with MySpace, you could play like music videos and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's fun. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I never so had a MySpace. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, before my time. <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, I'm just like but... two years younger than you, but you know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, now that I aged myself a little bit here. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at social media wise. Um, but yeah, more importantly is, uh, yeah, my son has been doing great um, with his YouTube channel. He's continuing to get more subscribers. Right now, he's doing a giveaway for three months of Game Pass Ultimate. So if you haven't got in on that, get in on that. And then Twitch, he's been starting to stream on Twitch. And uh, yeah, he's only a, he's uh, finished everything he needs to do for affiliate, except he needs to stream two more days uh, this month. And uh, so, yeah, we're super excited about that. And uh, we're going to stream here in probably an hour-ish. So yeah, definitely jump into his Twitch. His YouTube and Twitch are both Hezekiah's Toys and Games. Um, you can kind of find the links here or, or Discord. Um, or it's I just had the, I had the one to account. the I have the one to the YouTube, but if you refresh the page, I did just add the Twitch to it as well. So it's okay. on there. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you, bro. Um, so yeah, that's what's uh, kind of going on there for his Twitch um, through my Twitter account, which is Martinez mostly um, on Twitter that you can see here on the screen. Uh, we are giving away uh, a copy of Modern Warfare 2. Uh, any platform that you want, I'll buy you the digital code. And um, yeah, that's running on Twitter. Um, all you have to do is uh, basically like, retweet, and uh, follow Hezekiah on his Twitch channel. So yeah, we kind of just ran that giveaway uh, to get some more eyes on his channel, help us get to affiliate. Um, but yeah, so uh, so far, the support has been amazing from everyone in the community on his YouTube and Twitch. Um, so yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Rebelica said, uh, congrats on Twitch, uh, Twitch Hezekiah. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely let him know. And uh, yeah, we've been having a blast doing that. But so yeah, that's where you'll find us. Uh, most likely, it's going to be on his YouTube or his Twitch if you don't find us here. And you got anything, Q? No, not really. I'm I'm not I'm not uh, as fancy as Josiah's. I'm just I'm just doing a weekly podcast with my friends here. So <laughs> whoop, whoop. I'm not I'm not big on the business yet. You know, we'll see what happens in a few years. But mm -hmm. <laughs> and, okay, <laughs> uh, I am Tyler doing some more stuff on my YouTube uh, page, uh, Darth Canuck YouTube page. Uh, I'm streaming games. I'll be streaming games more regularly. I'm hoping uh, we'll see if Kalani wants to do it, but to do a watch along 
uh, for the final episode uh, tomorrow night. I'll do a live live watch along. Uh, hopefully, we'll see. I'm not making any promises, but I will tweet about it. So if, I, if I'm doing it, I will send it out on, on Twitter. And so if you just want to follow me and subscribe there, I'm also doing, like I said, playing some games. I've been recently playing Jedi Fallen Order again. When I get uh, that fresh in mind, uh, just because I know new game coming up and I just want to have the old one fresh in mind, do a playthrough on that. And then, yeah, so go ahead and head over to my YouTube and please subscribe. Yeah, I do want to do a shout out for you, too. Um, Tyler has also started kind of getting into like shorts and they're really good. He's he's done at least like one. How many have you done? A few I've, I've done two. I did two of them okay. on this last episode that were uh, both are on this channel. I did initially release it on my own channel, uh, but I think I'm going to do a lot more of them on this channel. Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, if you're not already, get subscribed uh, for more of those. Yeah. And if you yeah, have they're awesome, if you haven't check them out, they're they're, mm -hmm. they're pretty interesting. And I had a lot of fun doing them. And I'll probably yeah. do some more of them uh, for this next episode. Sweet. All this right. Was... Well, thank you, guys. Thank everyone in chat. Uh, thanks for the good show. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye.